welcome back to another episode of the Bougie and Broke podcast. I'm your host, Brandy, joined by our other host. I'm really bad at these intros, Stephanie. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm your host. Like, I'll just take care of the entire podcast from here. And I'm Brandy. <laughs> I'm actually Stephanie. I'm also a host. I'm here too. <laughs> just co-hosting this thing together, but I don't know how. What's new, Seth? Well, I moved finally. I'm finally in the new bougie place. I have yet to see a tour of it, but I know you're still unpacking and getting things organized and Marie condoing your shit, so I'll wait. Yeah, I mean, I told you I had new views today, so you can see that I have a window behind me in Skype now instead of a wall, so that's fun. But yeah, it's great. The move went smoother than I expected it to go. The unpacking, though, is bad. I don't know what's <laughs> worse, packing or unpacking. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a process, especially since I'm still so busy at work and have literally no time to do anything. I am also still so busy at work, so I feel your pain, but at least I'm not unpacking. I'm just busy. But I'm happy that you moved. I'm happy you're settled in. I honestly love it so much. I just feel better in this apartment. I don't have to park next to a dumpster. I have central heating and air. I have a garbage disposal. Like it just feels so much better. And it's a dog friendly building and it's a lot of stories. So there's dogs all over the place. It just feels so much better than the last one. So I'm really happy with the decision I made. I'm happy for you. Like I said, once I get everything set up, I will take pictures so we can post them. But you'll have to wait a little bit because it's a freaking disaster right now. <laughs> well, let me know when I could go over and like see you. <laughs> you can always come visit. I actually was looking at flights at the end of this month and then I was like, oh, wait, Stephanie can't do that. <laughs> Tell me about you. I know that you have been going on a few dates or dates with one certain person. I have. I like him a lot. Hey, John. Um, Did he listen last week? He says he hasn't, but... He's so full of shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's just full of shit. I, I really don't think he has. Mostly because he hasn't mentioned anything I've said in the podcast. And that's Yeah, because really he doesn't want do. you to know. I told him he could listen. I don't give a sh- I told him it's America. And he goes, I don't know what that means. You're too full of like puns and shit. And I was like, it's America. It's a... <laughs> free country do whatever the f*** you want and he was like oh, okay <laughs> well I guarantee he's listening and just not telling you I still believe that to be true um he's at the airport right now and I'm trying to convince him to miss his flight uh, on purpose so he could go to Christmas with me which is today if you're listening today it's opening day for Coors Field. Oh, I was like, Christmas? I'm like, why are you planning Christmas already with this dude? You've been on like two dates with him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is my Christmas. Uh, and I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> it's easy to be bougie and it's easy to be broke. But being both is definitely a challenge. But not for I think us. It's a spe- I think it's a special skill. Unique characteristic. (laughs) All right. Tell me how you were bougie this week. Or if you want to tell me how you're broke first, you decide. I'll do broke first because I think this is very comical. I I was just at the grocery store and I kept telling myself, poop bags, poop bags, poop bags. I need poop bags for my dog. So I went down to the pet aisle 
and they were $12. And I was like, Whoa, I'm that's sorry. expensive. Exactly. So instead, I bought small trash can bags for $2. (laughs) They're not that much. I I actually have no idea how big they are, but they're for the smaller trash cans. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Just walk in there with your big ass trash bag. (laughs) But I was like, this will do until I could order some off Chewy for $3 and it's reasonable with free shipping. Why were they $12? Were they, like, made of gold? It was Safeway. And, you know, like, Safeway doesn't have, like, a pet section. It's just, like, you know. You go to Safeway for, like, groceries, not poop bags. True. But still, they should have a better selection. How about bougie? What did you do to be a bougie bitch this week? So, after my broke ass got off the bus, I was walking home, strutting my shit across the street. And I was like, I love these shoes and those shoes are vintage Manolo Blahniks that I got resale and they are so cute and probably one of my favorite pairs of shoes I own now how much were they um I got I actually got a still on them I think they were $35 I told you whoa yeah I was watching sex in the city one day and I was like I'm gonna try and find me a pair of Manolo Blahniks and I did I can't Poshmark. believe they were only $35. They're like really great condition. And I also cannot believe I bought them for $35. I'm going to need you to post a photo of them because that is crazy. Oh, I'll post the video that I took of myself filling myself in them walking across said street. Perfect. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, how were you a bougie bitch? I, I mean, actually think I would like to know you were broke first. Okay. I moved into this new place and it's a little bit bigger than my last one. But as I'm moving in, I realize I just have a ton of shit, like so much shit. I'm like, where am I going to put all this? Because I have, keep in mind, I worked for the Cubs for about five years. When Wrigley Field turned 100, the year they won the World Series, all of the above. So I have all of this memorabilia from those seasons that I can't part with yet and probably won't ever part with. I mean, it's bobbleheads and champagne bottles and just all kinds of crazy stuff that I don't want to get rid of. So I have two big plastic totes full of cub stuff. I have one plastic tote full of keepsakes and just stuff like that. And in my new apartment, there's definitely a lot of closet space, but it's kind of the flimsy, not flimsy, but like wired organizers in the closets. So they can't really hold a ton of weight. And these totes are super heavy so at my new apartment complex they offer $30 a month storage units on your floor I'm like what a sill right I was like I cannot break down and be the person that gets one of these though I just need to get rid of more shit but then I realized I don't want these stupid plastic totes in my apartment so I emailed my building manager and was like hey remember you said that thing about $30 storage units can I get one and he goes actually we're at occupancy for them but I can put you on a wait list I'm like damn it what am I gonna do with this stuff so my friend and her husband that live in the suburbs in a ginormous house I texted them both today and I was like hey um what do you think about me storing some boxes in your mansion and they were like no problem no problem whatsoever so I'm saving $30 a month and not getting a storage unit and just taking my stuff out to the mansion Well, I think that is a total 
fucking win. I mean, you saved some money. I saved a great deal of, well, not a great deal of money. It's 30 bucks a month. That's really not that big of a deal. But in the big scheme of things, it kind of is. I mean, that's $360 a year. I couldn't do that math that fast, so I'm proud of you. (laughs) Quick math calculator. (laughs) Anyway, how are you bougie? So, again, this is another moving story. I moved in, and the girls at work were asking me to see some pictures. I'm like, I really didn't take that many pictures because it's still a mess. So I showed one of the girls a picture of, like, my hallway with my kitchen, and she's like, girl, you have stainless steel appliances? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, I bet you have a washer and dryer in your unit, too. And I was like, (laughs) also, yes. And she's like, this is the real question for you do you have an ice maker in your fridge? And I go, I do. And she goes, you are a blessed bitch. (laughs) I was like, so now is probably not the time to tell you that there's also a pool in this building. But I guess I'm a blessed bitch. Blessed, AKA bougie. I had a therapy session scheduled for yesterday and I'm so busy at work that I had to reschedule it for next week. So I decided that on the podcast this week, we should get a little bit real and talk about issues that we both have. I know this podcast is supposed to be a fun place and we always joke and laugh and have a lot of fun, but sometimes I think it's important to be real and to be serious. And while we'll make this a lighthearted portion of the podcast, I think it's important that we also tell you a little bit about where we came from and why we are the way we are. I agree. And nobody, I I just feel like nobody's always super positive. And we have to really come down to the basis of this. And if you're not going to therapy, I recommend you do because it has changed my life. I don't want to say I'm a totally different person because of it, but highly, highly recommend I honestly love going to therapy and I crave going to therapy, especially when I'm having a bad day. And what's so interesting is that when I have a good day and I have therapy scheduled, I'm always like, oh, I should just reschedule it. And then I forget to reschedule it because my therapist has a 24 hour cancellation policy and I end up going and it's still such a good session, even if you're in a good mood. So you don't have to be in a bad mood. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be a certain way to go to therapy. It's just helpful no matter what. Exactly. I 100% agree. So one of the things that I deal with a lot is anxiety. And I read this article. It said, according to the American Psychological Association, 12% of millennials have officially been diagnosed with anxiety disorder, which is nearly double the percentage of baby boomers. Other studies have found that 30% of working millennials are classified with general anxiety. That's a lot of people. That is a ton of people. And I know for sure that not all those people are even talking about it. Like how many people not. do you how many people do you know that openly talk about it besides like me? <laughs> I think that it's gotten a bad name kind of because so many people are like, "Oh my god, that makes me anxious" or "that gives me anxiety" and they just throw the term out there, which maybe it does, but it's just become such a loose term that now it's almost like the boy who cried wolf. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And every time I I wish there was a 
not as much stigma around this and not as many people saying like, oh, that gives me anxiety because some days I would need to take like a mental health day and I'm not joking. Like I'm too depressed to come into work or I'm too anxious to go into work and I can't do that when I have only a limited time of sick and PTO days. Like I've had crippling anxiety before to the point where it's like I wake up in the morning and it feels like someone's sitting on my chest and my heart rate is going crazy and you just don't know how to make it stop. Oh, absolutely. I've had the same feelings and sometimes it even turns into a panic attack. And for sure. I and mean, sometimes for me, like, I don't even know why it's happening. Like I could be happy. Everything in my life could be going perfectly and it still happens. Like even this morning, I know I woke up like an hour before the alarm went off and I woke up and I'm like, why am I anxious? Like, why can't I fall back asleep right now? And this happens more often than not. And trust me, I'm working on it in therapy, but it is a real thing. It's so real. And people, like you said, it's like the boy who cried wolf, like, oh, just like looking at that gives me anxiety. And I'm not telling you it doesn't, but you can't, you also have to understand that p- people are taking medications for this and people are spending hours and thousands of dollars because they have such bad anxiety. They're not just, they're not just like, oh my God, anxiety. I'm freaking out. Like, ooh, that rubs me the wrong way. It's like changes your entire life and it's so hard to continue to live that way um what makes you anxious like do you have any like triggers or anything that makes you anxious that you know of um so through my psychological and therapeutic discovery of therapy and going and seeing a psychiatrist and trying to find a plan that works best for me I found that um found out that my anxiety goes hand in hand with my depression and if anybody knows me uh they would probably never guess that I was depressed um totally true and I think that's really what triggers my anxiety is my depression and I if you looked at my life you would have think wow, she is has a podcast, she has an amazing job, she has a great apartment, she lives by herself. Like, there's literally nothing that could go wrong in this girl's life to make her so depressed. And I think that's what gives me the anxiety. And I don't want to say it's what other people think because I could give a shit less, but it's me not being able to overcome this. Um, without any help because every, anytime I've gotten myself into a situation, I could get myself out, but I, I can't, and I couldn't on my own with anxiety and depression. It is really hard. And that's why I think it's okay (laughs) for people to ask for help. I don't necessarily think that I've ever been severely depressed. I think I've gone through like spurts of depression, but for me, like I I have worst case scenario-itis. That's what my therapist and pretty much everyone in my life call it. When something happens, I think of the worst possible outcome first before I think something realistic. It's like if my mom doesn't answer her phone, she was definitely murdered. And that's why she's not (laughs) answering the phone. 
more like she was in the other room and couldn't get to her phone on time. But like as soon as it happens, I'm like, she's dead. She's got to be dead. She didn't answer her phone. And I mean, it's not that severe. At one point, it was that severe. Um, here's a quick little backstory. This will just take a second. When I was in fourth <laughs> grade, my next door neighbors were murdered by their grandson. It is a horrific story. He stabbed them to death. And it was literally the house next door. And after that happened, I was nine. And I remember it happening. If my mom was like a minute late to pick me up, I would freak out. I'm like, somebody murdered my mom. She's got to be dead. Somebody stabbed her. And of course, that's not the case. But when you're nine, you're so impressionable and you don't really understand what was going on. That's where I think a lot of mine stems from. And that's something that I have talked about in therapy because it's like that messes you up. That messes you up real bad. I lived in a safe town on a safe street and it was just a crazy thing that happened. Can I ask you what made you like reach out to like seek help? Um, Because it's it's not easy. And I know that for a fact myself, because I think it was really stigmatized in my family. Um, But like what made you seek out help? And can you tell me how you found Lauren? (laughs) Lauren's my therapist. Shout out. Um, I was going through a rough time in relationships and with my job. And I think the first time that I really sought out therapy in Chicago when I lived here, I had a different therapist at first, is when I got let go from the Cubs. It was in the middle of the season in 2016. Um, They won the World Series that year. I didn't get a World Series ring, even though I helped sell all the tickets for that season. And I haven't talked about this a lot on the podcast, but they eliminated my job. So it wasn't like I did anything wrong and I didn't get fired for anything that I did. They just eliminated my job. And I had given so much to them and so much time. I made no money there. I was literally doing it because I loved it. And it was devastating. Then to watch them win the World Series and not be a part of it, the team that I loved, I had some serious anger issues. So that's why I started going to therapy because I'm like, this is not healthy. So I did that for a little bit and then relationship issues and stuff like that led me to therapy the second time when I found Lauren, the therapist I go to now. And, you know, Todd and I were not in a good spot that last fall and we kind of took some time apart and it was just devastating to me, like so devastating that I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to do anything because I was so upset about the whole situation that I reached out to Lauren and I had gone to her a few times before, but now since then, since last August, I've been going consistently. I went for about three months every week, and then I dropped it down to about once every two to three weeks just because it's so expensive. I would go every week, maybe twice a week if it wasn't so expensive, honestly. I was seeing um, my last therapist at twice a week, if not once a week. But I just recently switched insurances, um, so she doesn't accept my new insurance, which is pretty hard, um, and that's what stopped me from finding a new therapist. But I think I was in the same situation as you. I was completely, I don't want to say unmotivated, but I had nothing in me. There was no no life to my body. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt last August. (laughs) 
and and I was like alive and I was living and I was doing things, but I wasn't, I was, everything I was doing, I felt so empty by. And what me and my therapist talked through was I wasn't experiencing feelings because I have always told myself to work hard and um, if I, if there was troubles or whatever, I could just work hard and put my head down and grind through it. And I did that for so long that it just took a toll on my body. I never grieved anything. I went through it. This is two years ago that I, of shit that I never grieved. I went through a really bad relationship and breakup. I got fired from a job. I was feeling empty. A lot of my friends had moved away. Um, I was doing a job that I didn't like and I wasn't passionate about. So I always went into my therapy session saying if one thing in my life could go good right now, I think I might make it. And not saying I was going to kill myself or be like suicidal, but like I think if one thing in my life went okay, I can make it. If it was a relationship, if it was my job, if it was friendships, if it was family. And I'm so close to my family, but I was just still feeling empty by it. So it's very hard to kind of relate what you're feeling and your experiences to anybody else's. Um, They may be similar, but you're not feeling the same way. So just talking through it with somebody that has literally no connection to any of it is so helpful. Totally agree. And you know what you were saying about last year, like feeling like so many things were going wrong. My grandpa, we found out last year that he was sick and it was this long process of him dying. Basically, he was my favorite grandparent. And from April to July, we basically watched him die And he passed away in July and it was devastating. And then Todd and I decided to take a little break. Also devastating right after that. And then my mom had a cancer scare. So it was like one thing after another. And it was just like, I can't, I'm not a strong enough person to handle all of this right now. And I think that in times like that, it's so important to ask for help and You may not know how to do it. You may not know who to ask for help. But if you talk to somebody, whether it be a therapist, a family member, a friend, they're going to do their best to help you get through it. And I know that there's a lot of times where you say stuff to somebody and literally nothing they can say is going to make you feel better. But just talking about it sometimes helps. This is one thing that really I think helped me is I would go into these therapy sessions or see a psychiatrist and I would blab on for the hour or whatnot and I'd cry. I would just, I'd feel angry. I'd have all these emotions and that's what felt good. It's because I felt so empty and everything else I was doing just to feel emotion would, was nice. And then after like a week or a couple of days later, um, I read their evaluation on me and how they, how the therapies went. So like their notes uh-huh. on the session. And that really gave me like <laughs> time to reflect and think about what I said and how somebody else interpreted it. 
and then me filling that back. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's cool that they let you read the notes. Like my therapist doesn't do that. But sometimes I'll go in there and I'll say all these things and I'm like, this is how I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling it. And I know that I'm feeling it because of this. And she's like, you are like so beyond self-aware that I don't even have to do anything here. (laughs) And she's like, I'm really proud of you. And like when your therapist tells you she's proud of you for like doing the work, I leave and I'm like, high five yourself, Stephanie. You did it. (laughs) So cheesy, but it's so Uh, true. No, it is. It's like those small wins. And even when I go to therapy, I I have to like not do anything for at least an hour. Like I have to regroup and set my mind like real again. For sure. I recently in therapy have been talking a lot about my past relationships because they've been pretty brutal. We'll get into that in a second. But a few weeks ago, I went to a therapy session and thought that I would be fine to go and hang out with Todd after And we ended up getting in this huge fight and he had nothing to do with it. Like he did nothing wrong. And I just like spiraled and lost it because I was not in a good spot after therapy. Like you got to sit with yourself. You got to sit with yourself and Mm -hmm. think about what you just talked about. Sometimes it almost makes me more anxious and I have to sit and I have to like overthink about it and like sort out your feelings before you can like move on with your day. My uh, sometimes I will call my mom wanting like I'll let her know my schedule and what is happening and then I'll call her after and then sometimes she'll ask how it was and that's when I want to talk about it and sometimes she'll be like dance around because she knows that I need that time and that's when I really want her to ask (laughs) me how it went you know it's like the complete opposite I'm like mom read my read my mind please I know but I will say personally for me, I when I was younger, I was in a really, really abusive relationship and that kind of molded my mind since. And I know that was just like a high school relationship, but that molded me to like who I am right now. And it wasn't always pretty. I mean, What happened in that relationship? Like, can you give us a cliff note version of what happened and why you think it was abusive? Um... He that sounded weird. Not, was, I didn't mean it like why you think it's abusive. Like, I don't think that you think it is or you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know, I you know that it was abusive, but like, why do you think that it was abusive? At the time, I absolutely did not think it was. Um, and I think that's very normal for a lot of relationships. But I, he was a little bit older than I was. Um, he told me literally everything I wanted to hear told me he wanted to get married to me. He brought, bought me a promise ring. And I was like, I'm marrying this man. And then he got physically abusive. Um, he was, he was, um, I don't want to give his total identity away. Yeah, don't, he doesn't but he deserve did, that. <laughs> he, he was a steroid user. So I'm sure if anybody like from back home is listening to this, they know who I'm talking about. And, um, he would like, do things and like just he was clearly stronger than I was poke me with like insulin needles oh my god um just really bad things and then one time I knew I don't know what happened exactly but I knew I was over it I was knew I was over the abuse but I just couldn't walk away I went down to my room this was like at a party at my parents house like in the middle of the party 
and we're it like in a fight and he grabbed me by my neck and choked me and like pushed me up against the wall and I passed the fuck out like it was that bad it was bad and I took off my promise ring and threw it in the trash and told him I never wanted to see him again and shit exploded um I then moved to Denver. I got away. I thought I was safe. He followed me up to Denver, kind of stalked me for a little bit. Um, yeah, in a completely abusive physically relationship. But then he would tell me he wanted to marry me. Um, then he would call me a slut and a whore. And I was 18. I like He was like the second guy I kissed. Like, how am I a slut? Yeah. But it just ruined me. And he led me on to believe all these things, but treated me so poorly. But I knew if I worked hard and believed in myself, this sounds so, so like cliche, that I could get through it. And if I could get through that, I could get through anything in life. And I have. How did that relationship end? Like he, you said he came to Denver. Like what happened after that? Um, I don't. I I blocked him on everything. He would show up to some of my classes um, on campus. And I finally told him I was going to get a restraining order. And I never did, but he believed me. (laughs) And, I mean, he probably didn't want to go to jail because he couldn't do steroids there or something. (laughs) That is a very terrible story. And... It always breaks my heart to hear these stories because I went through the same type of thing. Um, And I know how awful it feels. And you just feel so helpless in those situations almost. Like the worst relationship I was in, I was in high school and I met a guy and he was three years older than me. And I don't know what happened other than I fell for him and I fell for him so quickly. And he was the type of guy that, again, would say the things I wanted to hear, but it would always be like, you're too young, you're in high school, I'm in college and whatever. So it was this ridiculous situation for a couple of years while I was in high school. And then when I graduated, we started dating and we didn't go to the same college. We were in separate cities. And long story short, he was so mentally abusive to the point that if I didn't answer my phone... He would call 70 times. If I was out somewhere, he would be like, prove it and make me take a photo of where I was. I wasn't going out in college because I was scared that he would call and I wouldn't be able to answer the phone. I would stay in my dorm room so that he could call my dorm room so that he knew I wasn't out. I wouldn't go to class. And this was another topic for another day. But I actually got kicked out of college. I got kicked out of Arizona State because my grades weren't good enough because I wouldn't go to class because I was so terrified that if I didn't answer the phone, he would freak out. And he wasn't even in the same state as me. I was so brainwashed and so mentally abused by this person. And he would always say these things and accuse me of these things, of being a slut. Same thing as you. You're a slut. You're a whore. I know you're out sleeping with somebody else. When in reality, he was the one doing that. And Mm -hmm. I found out he was cheating on me on Facebook. This was back in the day when people had their phone numbers on Facebook. This girl added me and I started going through her photos and I saw a photo of him and her making out. So I called her and I'm like, how do you know this guy? And she's like, oh, he's my boyfriend. I'm like, weird, because he's also my boyfriend and we've been together for like two years. 
And he was, or, and she was like, oh, he told me that you were crazy. I'm like, of course he did. He would never put anything on social media about me. He told me that the, his job wanted him to appear single. Um, that was because he clearly wanted to cheat on me. And then it also did get physical with him too. He saw that a guy had texted my phone, launched my phone across the room, and I was crying and locked myself in the bathroom. And by the time I came out, he was so pissed that I had done that, that he pushed me into a wall and I was crying hysterically. And he threw me on the floor and put his hand around my neck and told me to shut the fuck up. So that has clearly shaped every relationship <laughs> that I've been in. And I find myself in my relationship today where I always think the worst, like I mentioned before, or I'm like, oh, he's going to cheat on me or, oh, he's going to leave me. Or it's just this insecurity that is so hard to get past because after that boyfriend, I had another boyfriend who knew everything that the previous boyfriend did and was like, I would never do that to you. And while it never got physical necessarily, it was also a little bit mentally abusive and I got cheated on. So it's like just (laughs) You know, it's hard to trust people when they know what happened and they keep saying that they're not going to do it and then it happens again. So I feel like at this point in my life, I'm in a pretty healthy relationship with a great guy and I'm trying not to let my past relationship insecurities and anxiety mess it up, if that makes sense. No, that makes absolute sense. Um, That previous terrible relationship I was in shaped everything that I knew. I didn't have a boyfriend. Um, Since then, I've had one serious boyfriend, and that was an even worse relationship. He was, I don't want to say he was abusive, but he was very manipulative. Um, We were never quote-unquote official. Um, He never met my parents. We dated for two years, and then moved out of nowhere at a state and moved in with another girl while he was telling me he loved me and everything. Um, and I, I gave that man everything. I would pick up his dry cleaning and like do his laundry. I, I was convinced that that was the guy I was going to marry, that I had come from such a terrible experience and found somebody that appreciated the things I was doing, but couldn't make that commitment. So I'm going to be so cliche, but you know, they say you can never truly love somebody until you love yourself. And I felt that way. I loved myself. I loved who I was, was. but now as a person, two, three years later, I could truly say I I love myself more than I love ever anybody. And I know that's so selfish, but I feel like that's when I could give myself to somebody else whether that be a friend, being there for a friend, um, my family. Uh, I started rescuing dogs. Like I'm there for other people um, because I'm content with me. Absolutely. And And it is hard though. It is so hard. And all I had to go through so much. I was drugged through the mud to get a nice shower. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) that's a bad analogy trying to lighten up the mood but like literally a diamond in the rough it took a lot of pressure it wasn't it wasn't pretty but now like I feel actually resilient and 
confident in who I am and what I want and know that I won't settle for anything. That's what I think is hard, though, if you're in relationships like that and you've been torn down and cheated on. And even if you are confident in yourself, that's going to mess with your confidence no matter what. And I'm confident that that's one of my huge problems <laughs> is and a lot of where my insecurity comes from. Like, I know that I get crazy. I know that sometimes I get insecure. I know that sometimes I need reassurance and I'm grateful that I have somebody that is willing to be patient with me with all of that as I'm working through all of these things that I never really dealt with before. And I think that's why therapy is so important. Like I'll go to therapy and we'll dig up stuff from 2009 and it's stuff that I haven't even addressed and talked about and you have to like resolve that stuff before you can move on and be healthy in the present day. And it really takes a lot. And I'm not saying go to therapy and after three sessions, you'll be great. And you'll, if you saw my therapy bills, you would know that three sessions is not enough. (laughs) (laughs) But I really do. Even if you can't afford therapy, Try and reach out to somebody. I know there's free resources. I'll do some more research and put it in the show notes. But even if I don't know you or you're afraid to talk to somebody, like you can reach out to me. I will make myself available to talk to you. Same here. I mean, if you're going through something and you want an impartial opinion, please always feel free to contact us. We're not experts in this field by any means. As you can tell, based on the things we just said, we're a little <laughs> fucked up too. But we're so messed we up. We really are. But it's I, just kind of like a who's, whose past has been more effed up, me or you? It's like a competition. <laughs> and it's re- like I'm being completely 100% honest. Like if you need to text me because you're having a bad day, I used to I used to text Mariah, my therapist, and be like, I don't think I can make it through the day. And she would, it it didn't matter what she said to me. It was the, I know she is there and I could say this to her. And and, and it's different when you, you say it to your friend. And your friends have heard about it so many times that they're probably like, oh my God, not this again. So if you need an <laughs> impartial listener, we're available And nothing that I've said in this podcast today is me trying to get pity or me trying to feel sorry or me trying to get you to feel sorry for me. I don't need that. I've dealt with it. I'm going to therapy now and I'm sure you feel the same way, Brandy. I just want you guys Mm -hmm. to know that we're real people too and shit happens and we're just trying to do our best. That's it. And one thing I, that really helped me was finding something I was passionate about and I, I love baseball. You guys know that. And it, it, I was really in a deep seasonal depression. Like I said, I wanted to find, I needed one thing in my life to go right and make it all okay. And that one thing that was going right was baseball. I had somewhere to be. I was doing something. I had an activity. And that went away. And then that's when shit hit the fan. And I was like, oh my God. So... Then we started this podcast, and that's honestly what gave me hope. I think I text Stephanie every day. I'm like, this podcast is the only thing getting me through. <laughs> Seriously, though, you have to make yourself do things. You have to find things that you're passionate about and find things that you love if you start feeling yourself go into anxiety or depression. And 
it helps. It really does. Even if you don't want to, if your friend calls you and wants you to to go to lunch and you don't feel like it, go anyway. It could turn out to be the best thing ever. Like I said, I will do some more research on some free resources if you can't afford them. Email us if you would like to talk to us. DM us on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. We will reply. Like like I said, I'll, I'll link some stuff in the show notes if you need help getting started in the right direction. Absolutely. And thanks for listening to our stories. I'm truly shocked that I made it through this segment <laughs> without crying because a normal therapy session for me is like half a box of Kleenex. Retweet. (laughs) Well, on a lighter note, um, (laughs) let me log into. Actually, I don't know if this is a lighter note because this might also be adding to the crippling depression. (laughs) Let's just say that finances have also caused me depression at some point. So I don't really know if this is light or not, but give it a shot. Logging into my bank statement is like a daily reminder of anxiety okay so for those of you that are new listeners and that had to listen to our goddamn (laughs) real real episode frfr this is the time of the podcast where i log into stephanie's bank and review her last five bank statements so first up we have apple itunes for a dollar 29 explain so rob thomas's new album comes out on april 26th called chip tooth smile we've talked about this already um (laughs) but i pre-ordered the album and he dropped another song from it the other day so it charged me the 129 on itunes for that song the song is called i love it and you know i'm gonna put a clip in right here i love it I also love the DM that we got. Uh, <laughs> it was so good. I was reading it on my way home. I'm like, this is the best message we've ever received on our Instagram. <laughs> I'll let you go ahead and read it, Brandy. Um, let me pull it up. So this is a gal di- named Jenna. Um, she said, I never knew who Rob Thomas was, but saw him on Ellen and immediately thought of Stephanie because of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am just out here spreading the word about Rob Thomas you're welcome, Rob. <laughs> I will also that say so that Ashley I from The Bachelor went to a Rob Thomas concert with Jared and Rob Thomas posted a photo and Ashley I also posted a photo. So we're just here to make Rob Thomas relevant again. Okay? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. So s- s- moving on. Halicid Flats for two seventy five. It's Halstead. Get with the Chicago lingo, Brandy. Oh, sorry. That's my new apartment complex, and this was my first month of parking in this new apartment complex. What the? F- it's two twenty-five <laughs> a month, but the first month you pay two seventy-five because you have to pay fifty dollars for the key fob. Oh God! Somebody just broke into my car, and I had to get a new key fob. But that's another story. Moving on, Trader Joe's for $60.90. You remember when I told you that I was moving no food? Yeah. I didn't move any food. This is me going to the grocery store because I had no food <laughs> in this apartment. <laughs> and then you followed that up with a Target run for $79.12. Holy shit, Steph. I got a toilet brush. I got a cube organizer. I got shampoo and conditioner. Still not up to $79 yet. Uh, I don't even remember what else, but it's stuff that 
I moved in and was like, I got to go to Target now, obviously. Whatever. <laughs> it happens. Last up, USPS for $1.05. Did you know that it costs you $1.05 to forward your mail? Because it does. Uh, I did know that. And I, was, I think I bitched about it when I when I uh, did that. I got on and I was like, oh, I'll just change my address real quick. And I did it and was like, we need your debit card. I'm like, what the hell do you need my debit card for? It's like, it's a $1.05 charge. I'm like, screw you, USPS. Well, you know what, Stephanie? As I do every week, I approve these charges. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're up now. Amazon, $2.14. I listened to the podcast Up and Vanish, and they had a they had a, like a showing on some kind of show or TV. And I didn't get to watch it because I don't have TV or DVR or whatever. So I rented it on Amazon Prime for $2, and it was not worth it. So don't watch it. <laughs> don't watch it. I love you, Up and Vanish, Payne Lindsay, but... Pfft. All right, next up, Crema Coffee, $21.54. I really hope that's not just yourself. Um, It's Crema Oh, coffee. sorry. Get with the Denver lingo, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> so I grabbed lunch with my good old buddy pal, Nick, and I grabbed... Okay, like, I hate Denver. Like, a sandwich and a coffee was, what, $17? Or was it more than that? How much was it again? $21.54. That's insane. So my coffee, I know, was at least $5 because I got an oat milk vanilla latte. But a $15 Amazing. Sammy? Yeah. Denver. Wow. I, I'm tired of these. And this coffee shop, like, is falling apart. Like, there's holes in the wall. Mm, I don't know that I approve that one. Hipster. Total hipster. Whole Foods, seventeen eighty. Um, I got two smoothies and a shot, juice shot. Why'd you get two smoothies? I almost bought three. Are um, they bottled or are they like made fresh right there? Made fresh to order. Um, I went to a spin class with Alana and new boy. And then we got smoothies across the street at Whole Foods. And Alana had given had given me a old leather jacket of hers that she still had the tags on and didn't fit her. So I was like, I'll buy you a smoothie since you gave me this brand new leather jacket. <laughs> Fair trade. And she's like, you don't have to. It was like, it's $7. <laughs> and then I got one and a, and a juice shot. All right. Next up, Snappy Nails, $69. Manny Petty, bitch. And it was $69. We're 12. I am. <laughs> House with a Z, $365.70. I am trying to grow up and get real furniture for my apartment. So I bought a bed frame. Whoa, look at you. <laughs> I still do not have chairs and it's embarrassing. And I think my um, nightstand is from Target child section, but whatever. I'm living among boxes right now. I have no room to judge. And finally, you have a bonus one today and I'm only mentioning it because why not? Target, $71.79. Would you like to try to tell us what you spent at Target or what you bought at Target for $71? I will try my hardest. I know I got laundry detergents. I got uh, eight door prizes for the baby shower that this that is this weekend. Okay. I... Um. <laughs> that long pause says enough. It says enough. I think that's it. I don't know what else I got. Woo! 
And that does it for another episode of the Bougie and Broke podcast. You can check us out on Instagram, Twitter. I'm really trying to step up our game, so check out all the things. Or if you don't have social media because you're a loser, <laughs> um, bougieandbrokepodcast.com. Thanks for listening to us get real, a little bit heavy, a little bit dark today. We hope you enjoyed it. If that's something that you enjoy, <laughs> I don't really know. But I hope that it felt relatable and that you can get something from what we've gone through. Yes. Like I said, email line is open, DMs open. Um, if you're not like going to blow my phone up every day, I'll you can text me or call me. I don't even care. Like I'd love to help you. Same. I don't need to say anything else. You got it all. <laughs> All right. And as always, our intro outro music is by who's Stephanie? The Night Game. What's the song, Brandy? Bad Girls Don't Cry. Except we cry a lot. And we cry a lot in therapy, too. If you're not going to therapy, just a reminder, go to therapy. <laughs> it's okay to cry. Okay, bye. Bye. See you next Friday. Bye.